This episode is brought to you by Gin & Co, author website design specialists. If you want a beautiful and functional website to promote your books and brand, reach out to Gin today. His work includes tailored, expertly designed, professional author websites. I finally have a website I'm proud to share. And we've got a special offer for Words and Nerds listeners. Reach out today and get a free domain name and website hosting for the first year. You can get their website essentials package, includes domain name, website hosting, backup and security, free for the first year with any website purchase. This is valued at $330 a year. Choose a website designed to bring your author brand to life. You can find more details about this special offer at ginand.co forward slash words and nerds. It's the Nerd Game! Where we share our challenges. Plus, we meet expert guests. But will we all hit 50k? Find out with the Nerd Game! Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears and I have a cast of the usual three. We have Adrian <laughs> Hemsworth Beck, That's TV right. star, just appeared on Channel 7 for about four hours promoting his book Fox Kids. How does it That's feel right. to be famous? Should I be speaking to your PA? If you could refer to me as this from now on. Top <laughs> children's author. That would be much better, okay? So whenever you come to me, I want you to call me a... Top children's author. Okay. That, oh, was, that, was that you saying that? That sounds a lot <laughs> like you saying. Or, I mean, if you get on a roll and you've got a bit more extra time, if you could say something like... He's a best-selling children's author and illustrator. <laughs> okay. So when you come to me, that I will only answer if that's the qualifier, okay? Okay. Well, I'm I, a bit I, of a big deal now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've called you a lot of things over the last few years and neither of them are those and I'm not going to start now. So, Adrian <laughs> Hemsworth Beck, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure for this top children's author to be with you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, gold. Not, not, not sure I like this new version of Beck, but we'll see how that pans out. Uh, next, we have the wonderful Christy Byrne, who hopefully is slightly more humble. Sorry, I was just waiting for the... Christy Byrne. For the, for the audio. Oh, for the, right. top, oh, yeah. top children's author. <laughs> how come I don't have my own audio? Okay, people? fine. Top children's author. <laughs> oh, Christy, Chris, Christy Byrne. Woo, thank you very much for that excellent intro. <laughs> and, of course, we have also, last but definitely not least, the wondrous and magnificent Tristan Banks. Thank you very much. I don't even need the top children's author thing. I think wondrous and magnificent. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> thank you. And, and and quietly panicking too because um, has like an epic guest lined up for the, uh, for the podcast today to end our NaNoWriMo month. But then, of course, I've been on the move. I haven't been in touch. We're arranging now. We're actually we're actually texting <laughs> as I as we record this, and uh, it may all come together or it may not. It's like no, no, right? No, you just never know. <laughs> so, Tristan, I think we need to talk about balancing fun and stuff because mm. I don't think you've nailed it quite just yet. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing: all month we've all been had our heads down writing, and Danny V has been having fun. Mm. He's been going to like concerts she's been hanging yep. out with some of australia's top artists every mm. time i see her instagram it makes you jealous and we've all <laughs> just been working away feverishly and now the fun has rubbed off i've started having fun my word count <laughs> has gone down in the toilet i yep. forget about my you know the, organizing the guests i mean oh, how do you you sent, you sent a photo to us all in the group chat today of you with your feet up on the wheel of some sort of luxury yacht yeah, or something yeah. in the middle of sydney harbour <laughs> that's true that's i mean <laughs> i don't think there was many words being tapped away on the deck there not a lot not a lot that, and that's because danny's rubbed off on me i used to be someone who had no fun but yes. i was very productive and now i'm not very productive and i'm having fun it's terrible but <laughs> is, is it though? No, it's much. Better. Thank you, thank you, Danny B. Everyone's it... pretty calm, aren't they? For the last for the last day of Nano. Well, what else are we going to do, Ab? It's too it's, late. It's too late. <laughs> How are we all feeling? Tristan's well, relaxed. We were, He's just got off the we boat. We're all trying to get fifty thousand words, and hmm. um, I'm I'm thinking that by the how relaxed and happy everyone is, that we all hit the fifty k. Um, I don't know. Should we have a look at the numbers? Uh, <laughs> no. I think 
It's not about the number. Let's skip the numbers this week. <laughs> Surely, I though. We should do, I think we should do fun o and and, <laughs> and see how much fun we had this month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's difficult to measure, not as um, not as easily easily measured as uh, as word count. I think let's just go with word count. You know. Oh, let's go now we're all trying to hit fifty k, so uh, hopefully one of us has got across the line. So let's check this out. Um, so I have I've basically seen this graph as me going on a mission. Now Adrian Beck is on a mission. Yes, I am. That's right, Jackie Quist from Seven News. I'm on a mission to, wow. to let you know how we all went with our NaNoWriMo across the month. All right. There's no more time for mucking around. Now's the This feels a little stuff. bit like a gratuitous one-hour publicity stunt for your book, uh, Adrian. <laughs> well, that hasn't been mentioned <laughs> once. I haven't been doing it very well. <laughs> Are you talking about Fox Kid? Yeah, oh, a series right. of books even. That was on Channel 7 <laughs> where I was described as a sex symbol. children's oh, author. Sorry. Uh, well, sorry, Danny, you must have been watching the late news. <laughs> a slightly different report later at night. Okay, so. Foxy kid. <laughs> let's, get down, let's get down to business. Uh, now. Last week, we were all below the line of desire. Now, the line of desire is that line on the graph that sort of dissects it diagonally straight through the middle where we should be if we're hitting the right number of words per day to hit 50K at the end of the month. We're all slightly was, under. It was Which 1,600 was, words a day at the beginning of the month, and then as we didn't hit it, it grows, doesn't it, per day? And I think by the end, <laughs> it was sort of getting up to 4,500 a day for me. It must have been about... 20,000 a day for you, Adrian, by yeah, the end, I guess. It was starting to get unmanageable uh, pretty quickly <laughs> for me. <laughs> anyway, in that very first episode that we recorded, Christy Byrne, who's sort of got uh, premonition and uh, she can sort of see the future. She feels like she's connected to, to the universe and can kind of see how it's all going to play out. She predicted where we'd end up, where each of us would end up at the end of the 30-day period. And this is, I'm going to go with myself first. This is what she <laughs> predicted I would do. I feel like you're going to get to 45 by the end. You're not a winner this year, Beck, but 45. Ooh, ouch. That's a, that was kind of me. Yeah. Well, what do you mean that was kind of you? Isn't that, isn't that what you think would have happened? Did you mean 45 words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close. Okay, last, so week, last week I was on 4,835 and this week I have, finishing NaNoWriMo at the frankly disappointing <laughs> title, target of 10,027. Wow. I've got to you, say, you doubled it within yeah. a week. You yeah. Doubled it. That's pretty good. I'm not as disappointed as I thought I'd be in you, Adrian. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> Now there was there was a, a stake. I was very surprised that we oh, yeah. was at stake this week. You were going yeah. to get a, a chocolate package mm. um, for at the twenty thousand. Was it twenty thousand word mark? That's right. And I had that in my sights. <laughs> I really no, did. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> How about forgetting ten k? What I'll do is I will send, send me you half a packet, half a twirl. I'll eat half and then I'll wrap it up and <laughs> send you the rest. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> So who's, yeah. who's next, Adrian Beck? Well, next up, we've got uh, we've got Christy Byrne, and uh, Christy Byrne, she's amazing. We all know she's amazing, and it's true. <laughs> and so, what happened was because because Christy was doing the predicting of everyone else, Tristan took it upon himself to predict what Christy Byrne would end up with at the end of the journey, and this is what he said back in episode one. I'm saying you're going to smash out 52,000. I think you're going to go an extra an extra leg. I have every confidence in you. <laughs> that is a solid prediction. I think. Oh, my I God. Think it, yeah. I think we sound so young and so, like, <laughs> naive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's time to find out if uh, if Christy Byrne is... Top children's author. Well, she's not. Uh, <laughs> she, let's have a look. She was on last week. She was on 22,319. And this week, she clocks in at 
23,291. Still a solid effort across the month and more than double what (laughs) I managed, my measly total. Yeah, I I hit a big big brick wall. Um, I lost my 98-year-old nan during the week. Yeah, so rather than, like, push on and try and, like, get some arbitrary numbers, I just thought, no, I'm going to read books and Mm. do DIY, which actually... This is good yeah. for the brain. Well, we are obviously <laughs> very, very, very sorry to hear that, Christy. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, and when these sorts of things happen, yeah. Yeah, you got to be kind to yourself. Gotta, that's right. Yeah. You've got to yeah. take stock. I think that's exactly. actually the, the top writing tip, isn't it? It's the, it's the thing that, you know, you might have goals. Yes, you want to be productive. Yes, you want word counts. Yes, you want to be moving forward. But uh, yeah, looking after yourself is more important than all of those things. So mm. yeah. yeah, good on yeah. you. Yeah, well played. Shout yeah. out! Shout out to Nan, ninety-eight years. Yeah, what a great legend. innings, a great innings. Okay, and what I like about uh, Danny and Christie's rivalry is that uh, on the graph here, one's up, then one's down, then one's up, then one's down. It's like uh, <laughs> they're they're just trying to nudge in front of each other. So let's they're see how that dragons. ended up. Now, the I, with in, with all respect to Christie and myself. And mostly to myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these two, the next two, were the ones that had a chance of getting to the 50,000. So let's have a look here. Uh, Danny V is uh, <laughs> is next up. Now let's have a look at what uh, Christy, in the first episode, what did Christy predict Danny V would do? Well, let me uh, let me find that for you. Smooth <laughs> <laughs> <Of> children's <laughs> author. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, I, I was stuck on this button. Top <laughs> children's author. Uh, <laughs> not just not move. a top button presser. Press. Okay, Christy mm. Byrne predicted this for Danny V. I predict killer. Brilliant. 50,000. Easy. You're so fired up. You did wow. start fired up, didn't you? Mm. I did. Big call. I did. Mm. And uh, you're still sort of fired? <laughs> Well, what did I come from last week? I've forgotten. Okay. All right. Let's get down to business. Let's get down. <laughs> oh, to business. that was a question. Sorry. I'll answer it in a minute. That's okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Last week, you talk about last week. This is what you said last week. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to smash 50K. Yeah, Optimist in me says I'm going to smash 50K. <laughs> okay. So we've got two your people. Your face, Daddy. Your face. Two <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> that have predicted the 50 for you, Danny, and that's that's fair enough. If I was put on the spot, I would have said that too. So Danny V, last week, 23,858. She was just under the line of desire, but she could see it was in, within reach. And as of the end of Nano, Danny V hit... 36,012. She's updated herself. I have. I oh. was writing until the very last second. Oh, you've done a really? couple of extra last-minute words. So yeah. my my numbers here say thirty-five. But what did you actually get up to? Three six zero one two. Nice. And your last week has been has been epic. You've you've knocked out like a lot of words in the past week, have you? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and I regret saying I was going to make 50, but I was positive at that time. But actually, I messaged Adrian at 2 o'clock with my figures and I said, I can still make the 50. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, you, you messaged me when you were on 35 and then and then you must have done about 1,000 in an hour. So yeah. that's pretty oh, good. No, it, was, it wasn't 1,000. It was more like 300 or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know how we said before, I said we should measure fun and you were saying you can't measure fun. Mm. Have a look at my graph closely, people. See those three flat liners there? Yeah, yes. yeah. Is that where fun? We I see them. Wrote, where I wrote nothing. That yeah. was when I was having fun. So if you look Ooh. at this graph on socials, you can clearly measure my fun, then writing, then fun, oh, then writing. So, so I've had a fun must month. Have had the, yeah. must have had the best, most fun month of his life. It's basically just a straight line along the bottom. It's amazing. Oh, God, November's been amazing for me, according to that theory. Just had fun, fun, oh, fun. There you yeah. go. All right. But look, after your periods of fun, Danny, you have this real burst of creativity. So I think feeding the muse is a part of your process. And if right. it, like having fun is now a tax deduction for you. <laughs> Yes, finally, finally. 
<laughs> I also so did... think as, as children's authors that uh, fun is a necessity, right? You know, like I think if yeah. we were, if we were, you know, higher literary adult authors and, you know, working away on, you know, volume, tomes of, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 pages kind of thing, um, we, you know, you could get away with not having fun. But I think, um, as you say, it's a necessity for yeah. our particular corner of the industry. But I actually think I'm going to get real deep here for five seconds. Just hold on, Adrian, you'll be okay. Um, I actually think that, you know, we undermine fun and we think, oh, you know, that's push that aside because we have lots of important things to do. But adulthood's pretty boring, right? We've got to pay bills and work and all that stuff. But I think for mental health, and I know I need to take care of my mental health very carefully, I actually, I need this yeah. fun. Otherwise, I'm going to get stuck in my head with work. Yeah with the kids, which I love hanging out with, but, you know, I think we undermine fun and I think we shouldn't. I think we now need to be bringing it to the forefront and go, this is actually really good for our mental health and our souls. Yeah. And like you said, Christy, then it makes you surge and do that work because you've had yeah. that, that soul rest. Yeah. yeah. But if you just slog and slog and slog and slog and yeah. slog, then you mm. end up slogged out. Yeah. yeah. Feed, mm. feed the fun. Mm. Feed the fun. Particularly as writers, I think you can get stuck in your head. And, uh, you know, and it's good. Obviously, you've got to spend a lot of time in your imagination yeah. and in your mind. But it, when you get stuck in there, I think the writing suffers too. So, yes, here, here, Danny. Well, well said. Well said, Danny. Yep. Uh, but having said that, uh, I didn't get to uh, 50,000. Christy Byrne didn't get to 50,000. <laughs> Danny V didn't get to 50,000. But <laughs> will we be hearing a different sound effect when we re when we reveal? Just I hope so. Banks got to. So uh, before we do that, Christy Byrne, as we know, she's got psychic powers, and she predicted what Tristan would get way back in week one, and this is what Christy had to say. Look, I think I think he's going to break the hex and win this year. Ooh, so 50,000. 50,000. Wow. Christy, really? you still confident with that? Look at his smile. Yeah, I am. I think he's done it. I think yeah. he's done it. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Well, uh, if he hasn't done it, then all four of us have failed Nano. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we actually made a podcast about it. Like, uh, you know, we decided to, to record it. Come on, our journey. Before, the four of us made a podcast about Nano and potentially all four of us failed it. Okay. Come on, Tristan. Come on, Tristan. This is all riding on you, T-Bagger. Let's have a look here. Tristan Banks, last week, <laughs> Tristan was on 30,021. And we all know that today he spent his days on the Sydney Harbour just relaxing in a luxury yacht. So he must have felt pretty confident with where he was at. All right, Tristan Banks went from 30,000 to... Da, 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 42,231. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a celebration, Adrian. Oh, is it? It's a celebration. Oh, sorry. Okay. A different sound, yeah. Woo! <laughs> Yeah. Wow. No, look, it's a celebration because Tristan, you actually beat the rest of us. So 42,231 smashed the rest of us. We weren't even, Danny was the closest, but she was still 7,000 off. So well done. You beat the rest of us. Unfortunately, none of us quite made it to that 50K mark. But how do you feel, Tristan? 42,000 is a heck of a chunk of a new project. Look, I think I beat my... My, my past self, which I think is the thing that I'm excited about. I think like 40,000 I got to when I did Scar Town back in 2021 when we did the, the Nano podcast. And to get, so I've ended up with a couple of thousand words more. I think I, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I don't, I don't worry too much about, like, there wasn't necessarily kind of buying for the 50K and needing to and staying up all night, working all weekend and things. Um, I was just kind of trying to work steadily. Um, and I love the project that I've worked on. I worked on something outside of what I usually write and what I usually publish. So who knows what will happen with it. But um, I think Nano is perfect for that, don't you think? Diving into something that you're not too sure on, but you kind of have a bit of a feeling or an instinct on. And yeah, I'm happy. It'll be interesting to read it back and hopefully it won't be the worst thing I've ever written. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it won't. 42,000 is a huge effort. Well done. That's great. Um, 
And uh, look, I think we should still admit that you are a top children's author, um, <laughs> even if you didn't get to the fifth. In fact, we are all top children's authors uh, because <laughs> because we all tried really hard and uh, we've all made some progress in the projects that we've been working on, haven't we, Danny? Mm. And I'm actually not unhappy with 36,000. Of course, I wanted to win because I'm competitive, but I didn't get there. But I wrote something I never probably would have written otherwise. Like historical fiction is totally different for me. And I got 36,000 words of a project, which needs a lot of research. So I kind of couldn't write it fast. So I just gave myself a hard task. But like it's there and it exists. And if I choose to go back to it, I'm going to take a little break from it and finish my JFIC that I'm working on. Um, but it's there. It's like 36,000 words exist. So yeah. I am just exactly. stoked with that. So, yeah. yeah, I just like I walked away today and went, you know what? I'm super happy. 36,000 words. That is a massive start for middle grade. More than a start. Good on you. And you learned you learned about um, the value of fun to mental health and to writing <laughs> life. Um, AB and Christy, did either of you learn anything this month? <laughs> what was the, what was the standout lesson that you that you came away with? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no ability to foretell the future. That's, uh, that's <laughs> I, think, I think that's clear now. Uh, yeah. yeah. But what else, Christy? Did you is foretold. <laughs> the, 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 there's no ability there. It's foretold. Yeah, what else, Christy? Did you learn anything else? I learned a lot about Carnarvon. I learned a lot about the Gemini program. And, yeah, same as you, Danny. I've got a really good start on a on a manuscript that's going to need a lot of work, but I'm really stoked that I can start from there. Mm. Yeah. Adrian, you learned how to use your sound effects. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. been a massive improvement. This is amazing, don't you? Yeah. 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 Well, it. the thing it's is. It's a feast um, for the ears. It is a feast for the ears. That's right. Look, next year, this is what I've learned. I've learned that you can't, you can't illustrate two full-length books, hold a writing festival um, uh, all in one month, and then hope to write 50,000 words as well as having your wedding anniversary. I think that's a touch too much. <laughs> so next year, if I do it next year, and we might get to that later about what we're thinking about doing. Uh, if I do it next year, uh, well, basically, this is the mindset I'm going to be on. Now Adrian Beck is on a mission. Yes, I will be on a mission to wow. clear out November completely. Right. Apart from yeah. my anniversary, I'll need to keep that. I'll need to keep that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to. Long time, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to have anything else in November, and I because I've done Nano twice, and uh, I've hit this is tra- twice. your third time now. It's my third time. Yeah. And I haven't even. I've, I've I've written a fifth of what I've done in the past, so um, I'm disappointed because I really wanted to go for the hat trick. But I'm just going to clear the decks next next November. And apart from the anniversary, I'm just <laughs> going to focus on Nano, okay? What I've learned is I take on too much, Tristan. You do, you do. But you're a talented man and people, you're Thank in you. demand, you know, yeah. people want you. But I yeah. think also you never know. The other two books, as you mentioned earlier in the month, you haven't necessarily published them. You smacked out the words, but you didn't necessarily then go back and refine and refine and refine. So maybe... <laughs> That's what they were maybe like. the maybe the ten thousand words that you've written much more slowly. Uh, maybe it's been composting in the background. You know what I mean? I think that thing of working slowly can actually be end up being the best stuff that you write. Yeah, um, well, it, that that's a good theory. But I actually didn't write it that slowly. It's just that I didn't have that much time to actually write it at all. But yeah. um, but I think you're right about sometimes if you're if you're taking a bit more time with your word choice and and your structure and plot and all that sort of stuff, sometimes you're um you're actually uh, you're ahead of the game when it comes to your second draft, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think that's true. Um, but my problem was that I just spread myself too thin. Yeah. Um, I, look, I took a. I got a big takeaway this month as I was looking back through twenty-five years worth of morning pages of writing three pages each morning, and people warned me against it. Lee and Tanner, my good authorly friend, said, "No, you're supposed to write them and then let them go," kind of thing. And I was like, oh. "No, no, no, I'm going to wade in." And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just be depressed by the end of the month. Um, but actually, 
I think my big takeaway was that, you know, I would sort of pick out, out a book from, um, you know, 1999 and then I'd pick out one from 2006 and then a 2013 and then a 2022. And I'd just sort of dip into the stream of these thoughts and ideas and my complaints and my joys and my, you know, things that I was upset about and ideas and well-being stuff and affirmations, all these different random things that would end up in my morning papers. And I think the takeaway is a bit like NaNoWriMo, you can dip into that. It's not a finite resource, but creativity and your own feelings and your ideas and things, they're not finite. You're not going to run out. It's okay. You can sit with it. You don't have to panic. If you don't write today, it's going to be there tomorrow and it's going to be there next year and it's going to be there in five years' time. And you you can just keep dipping into that stream and finding fresh inspiration mm. so um i think that's my my big takeaway like like nanorhino you can you can uh you can dip in at any time mm. and you can you can come up with something that you know an idea that might be worth sharing you, you know what you know what you do run out of though you do run out of time like mm. you know so so we've all had to make decisions this month about what we are going to spend our beautiful precious magnificent hours on and um i think that's an important thing too like that you consciously choose how do i want to be alive on this planet and to make things is such a wonderful choice like instead of to sit and consume you know for example the news oh yes you can create the news um yeah and and to choose to have fun and to choose to be creative and to choose to spend time with the people you love i think that's like a really valuable when you try and cram too much in then you realize hang on let's do one thing or two things really really well yeah strangely strangely for me none of us are one nano i I use (laughs) you can't see me using those little speech marks with my fingers but i am um because i think this has actually been my favorite um series of nano and i think it's because we just haven't talked about the words the words the words we've actually really talked about all the other things that get in the way of the words. And that's not just going to happen in November. That's going to happen every day that we write, you know, life's going to get in the way. But the, the, the thing is that we can't be writers and write good stuff unless we have fun, unless we have complex, rich lives and take care of our families and our mental health. If we don't have any of that, we've got nothing to write about. Yeah. Or, or I'm rocking in a corner with anxiety, you know. So <laughs> I think I think just to be really honest about our journeys this month is I love the whole concept of being kind, of choosing how you spend every moment Mm. on the planet and who with and what doing and i think it's been for me that's been a really special episode so for me i feel like i've won nano i don't care about (laughs) it (laughs) yeah yeah i don't agree but anyway um (laughs) you just ruined a nice moment beck well well, i mean you know none of us got to 50k i wanted someone to get to 50 but i'm mostly disappointed with myself because i thought i could sort of juggle a lot of stuff I thought I could just probably stay up late and uh, and tap out a few thousand words here and there. And I just, I'd get to the computer and I'd literally be, my, my head would be nodding for, I'd be almost yeah. dropping off. And and let alone, I didn't have a, hardly any inspiration. I didn't even know what I was writing for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> but, but. Um, that, that's half of the month, by the way. <laughs> that's right. All of it is is a lesson, isn't it? So I guess, I guess you're right, Danny. We are all learning all the time. Um, and we can take that away from it, I guess. But I, what I'm interested in is who's going to, uh, some of us are taking a break from some of our projects, but who's actually going to, once that break's over, who's actually going to dive straight back in and who actually feels like they've started or almost, in Tristan's case, maybe even almost finished a first draft of something that they think that might actually become something one day. Danny, you, you I feel like your concept, you were quite enamored with and rightly so because it sounds quite exciting and inspirational yeah look i i really loved the idea of delving into the witch burning which also then delves into you know what happened to women back then and the fear of women back then and then how that still although in current life it's changed but it hasn't changed you know i'm going to go on a bit of a serious tangent here but 67 women have been killed by a man they know this year and so just in Australia, that's just in Australia. And that Sorry, hurts my so feelings shocking. a lot. I'm sure it hurts all our feelings a lot. And so mm. I think although we talk about, oh, witch burning, that was so long ago, we still talk about the treatment of women and it's still we have a lot of work to go. So I'm quite passionate shocking. about this project. I don't know mm. if I wrote a pile of dog poo, but I'm quite passionate about this subject and about feminism. And I know we are all feminists on this screen. I think that's really important for men and women to be feminists. So I would 
when I go back and read it, I really hope it's not crap because I'm really passionate about sort of bringing these ideas to younger people in the world because that's where we're going to get change. We're going to get yeah. change and these young people coming through um, and treating each other with respect and hopefully, you know, that horrendous number um, can can stop. And so for me, passion project, I'm hoping that I go back and read it after I do these other projects and a brain break, that it doesn't suck and I've got something to work with. That passion will shine thing- through. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think when you when you're actually trying to explore something that you're interested in, and you're trying to say something that you you know that you actually that care you care about and that moves you, it'll drive you through. And you could write you know five or six not particularly great drafts before you'll find the one that that mm. expresses what you want to say. So you know, <laughs> thanks. Mm. Yeah. But speaking yeah. of that draft, you got to you know you got to thirty. What was it? Thirty six thousand. Yeah. Did that did that mean you get got sort of got to the end and you need to come back and flesh out some bits, or do you still have to, the end to write? How do you go in terms of the story? I finished the story and that's yeah, where okay. I kind of got stuck at some points because I was like, if I go back, it's all research stuff because I've got notes in there, research this, research that. And so when I got to the conclusion of the story, I'm like, it's kind of ended here. So it will fatten up once I add the research, but I'd kind of gone where yeah, I wanted to yeah. go with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Christy, you've been, this, this is a huge research undertaking that you're doing as well. You're actually interviewing people and, uh, and there's a, like a research component with Danny's and yours. So that's like an added extra that probably pulls at your time as well. I can see you following through on this one as well. Is that right? Yeah, this, I really want to make this happen. The same thing as you, Danny. I feel like we've just been on the same wavelength, but yeah, um, I've probably written a terrible first draft and I just need to, and and that passion will carry me through to make this happen. I just need to go back and um, stretch my skill and ability and learn more and practice more and see if I can make it sing. Yeah, but I really want to make it happen. So same question for you. Like when you say you've written a first draft, did did you get sort of to the end structurally or are you still sort of halfway through? What's What did you get to? I think I got to the end structurally, but so much of it is just, really bad so you know, like, it's really really is um I, I don't know about you but um every time you write a book it's different and I don't know if I can write every time I get an edit back I don't know if I can fix it um so I'm looking at it going I don't know how to fix it but I know it needs fixing and mm. yeah just got to make it happen so what's the next step? Are you going to are you going to do straight back into a second draft? Or are you going to give it to some of your friends to have a look? Or I'm going to give it to the bottom drawer for a few months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let it percolate, come back fresh with a red pen. Let's <laughs> <I> see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Tristan, you had a sort of a little bit of an introspective journey, really. And Leanne Tanner said not to do it. She said, "You're mad, Tristan. Tristan, move away from it. Uh, put it away." Um, you could almost do this as a kind of a, a just a little reflection, uh, sort of a checkpoint in your creative life, really, just to see how you're traveling, how you've changed, uh, what you might have forgotten your emphases were and all that sort of stuff. But you actually want this to be out there one day, I assume. Or is this just a journey down memory lane for one Tristan Jerome Banks? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if I do have anything to say. The great thing, Christy's sort of saying she knows what she's written is is terrible, but the great thing is that I'm naive because I haven't reread any of it. Um, so, you know, I can be in that headspace that maybe I really do have something profound to say about, you know, the creative <laughs> process and well-being. And, um, you know, I don't know even if there's an audience for this particular thing. I mean, I love those creativity books like, you know, Austin Cleon's, um, you know, Steel Like an Artist and, uh, you know, Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones and, um, you know, Stephen King's On Writing. And, you know, these are pretty high bars to sort of set. And I'm not expecting that mine is going to be anywhere near as profound, especially uh, Rick Rubin's The Creative Act that I mentioned um, in the first episode of this podcast too, um, is an amazing book on creativity. And so it'll just be interesting to see if I do have anything um, to add to, the, you know, what's already out there. And um, if it doesn't become a book, I think it'll become, you know, posts of some kind or it might turn into an online course or something like that yeah. too. So, and the greatest thing I think I got from it was that giving my brain a break from thinking about um, long form sort of yeah. novel length stories for, for a month has actually got me writing some short stories as well on the side. So I've been writing some short stories for a possible collection. So um, I think it's just having a break from your regular way of thinking and your regular way of writing is really um, 
you know, worthwhile. Mm. I've yeah. always seen this as a book, Tristan. Um, oh, really? I went, yeah, I went to HarperCollins. The, they had this, you know, showing new books thing, and Holly Ringland was there. They yeah, they call it the showing new books, new books thing. thing. It's actually called I can't even remember, but it was really cool. New authors, new books. I'll think about it in a minute. Something by literary bites. Sorry, HarperCollins. It's a great event. Please invite me next year. Um, <laughs> so Holly Ringland got up and she talked about um, a book that she'd written, the house that joy built and the blurb is the pleasure and power of giving ourselves permission to create and she was talking about the importance of creativity the importance of joy and for the whole journey i probably should have told you on the first of november um (laughs) (laughs) through this whole journey that's actually really reminded me of your journey and i just think the three pages morning pages in the morning i think that's a fantastic idea i think it's good for creativity and mental health and I don't know. I'd be really disappointed if this wasn't a book just like that Holly Ringland one. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I hope so. I mean, Holly Ringland's incredible. So I, right. I don't, this is the thing. I'm sort of talking about people who are like have extraordinary things to say and have a real point of view on it. I think if I read it back and I think, oh, look, I think a lot of this has been said before. I don't think I need to say it again. But if I feel like I've got a, a fresh perspective or some kind of angle or something that I think might cut through to people and actually be useful, I think I'll, I'll go for it. I can't mm. wait to read it. I um, you just talk about Stephen King's on writing. I gave that to Danny V for a birthday once and she never even opened it. Excuse me, I've read the whole thing. Thank you. <laughs> Have you? Yes. You was never I, mentioned was I, it. Was I meant to update you? On yeah, you were meant to say, hey, I read that book you got for me. Oh, it changed my life. Okay. Well, maybe I should have done that, but I did read it. It's did you? Been, and it's still on my bedside table, so I still pick it up and just flick through because I've got little post-it notes on it. So, oh, Do you really? Yes. And you never told me. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, I'm sorry for thinking you didn't pick it up. I just assumed you <laughs> put it on the shelf. Oh, you guys. thought you might have put it underneath the, no, uh, the coffee table to chop no, it off. It's actually in Melbourne, on the bedside table in Melbourne. So yeah. next time I go there, I'm going to take a photo of it and show you all the little posty notes and everything in it. So I'm not lying, but it's there. It's always there because it's a really good reference. So thank you, you for that. Me, can you tell me again, which which book is it? Which book on creativity? The Stephen On King writing. One. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Hey. Yeah, What's it called? Amazing. What's it called again, Denny? On writing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. He's going to give me a text. <laughs> you didn't get a present from Adrian Tristan? You didn't get a copy wrapped up from for your birthday? Um, no, I didn't get anything, actually. It's oh, very sad. Because well, yeah. in the move, you know how you're moving, <laughs> I must have had your old address or something, you know. <laughs> well, we did feed him butter chicken in return. Like, he would have done anything to eat the butter chicken. Like, oh, it, was, it was good butter chicken. It was good butter chicken. <laughs> Now, in the background here, I'm furiously um, uh, texting with my my guest who is um, in Tokyo trying to get to a, a place that um, this person can um, podcast from and come into our our uh, humble little nano, um, you know, documentary. Um, it, it may happen. It may still happen before the end. Do we have any? Do we have any updates on the people on Twitter who have been following along at home and doing their own nano? Do we have any updates on their numbers and whether they achieved the fifty thousand? Christy's been following this. Uh, you know, she's been following this very closely, and I think there's there's one particular nano lover who has done an amazing job, and we heard from her. Today, actually, day. So, really, in theory, we could all hit 50k before midnight. That's true. Uh, so, we might have actually won. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Super Nano Operator, the one that actually has got across the line, I think you know the one I mean, Christy. We did need a big shout out to our great friend Ashley Meekle, don't we? Yes. Smashed it with 52,721. What a legend. Applause. Well done. Yes, that's so good. And my sister H.M. War was celebrating last week because she hit the 50. And really? you know what her secret was? <laughs> two, twofold. One, the two-thumb typing, thanks to Danny. And two, a project that she just was so into she couldn't put it down. She was mm. so loving it. She said to me, I don't care if this never gets published. I don't care what anyone thinks. I am loving it. I love my characters. I dream about them. I just want to be with them. So, like, so cool. that's where you want to be, right? That that yeah. um, 
that's the high of being that's a great. creator. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And when we post this, please put your comments in the, you know, yeah, the post know. And, and let us know where you're up to. That'd be awesome. And if you manage to get 50K or if you manage to get a, a sizable chunk from a new project, well done. And thank you for joining us and uh, and doing all the comments. I've seen the, some of the comments that uh, that you guys have all been posting. And it's been exciting to think that there's other people on this same journey and yeah. uh, pretty much all of you uh, beat my numbers. So well done, that's, <laughs> that's excellent. The problem now is that next year, people just want to have a Nano HM War and Ashley Meikle uh, podcast as opposed <laughs> yeah. to having us. Well, that should actually be the ones that host it. <laughs> yeah. Well, can get if, there. if anyone wants to join my Fun O'Rimo pod, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to join. <laughs> I want to join. <laughs> okay, so okay then. All right. Uh, if we do do it next year, that's an if. So I'm in. No, I'm no in. One's, no one has to commit if they don't want to. And Danny's in. I'm actually I'm in, in as well, to be honest. But um, what do we? Do I want to be able to break the rules properly next year. I want yeah. to do like a bunch of mini projects. I feel like okay. that's my sweet spot. Yeah. So I'm only doing it if it's not fifty, in a big chunk. Well, so 50, but but spread out across different projects. So yeah, 50 yeah, all yeah. Up. Still yeah. 50, I could 000. do that. I could try that. Okay, that's how you'll approach it, Danny. Are you going to do something different? I, if I'm allowed by Adrian, who loves <laughs> rules, I'd like yep. to do Nan J Fick Rimo and write three J Fix in a month. <laughs> Which is what junior fiction? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to write three three fit no, eighteen thousand word J Fix in a month. I'd love to do that. Okay. 18,000, that's quite long for JFIC. Mine is shorter than that. Uh, there's, yeah. I, well, think, I think you should write four in a month. I'm all just right, saying. let's what? do it. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, four in a month. Gives you room to cut back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Tristan, would you return to fiction or do you think non-fiction is the way to go? Well, I don't know. I, I loved doing something that was um, that I could drop in and out of, that they were like little vignettes. You know, I could write like a 500-word thing or a 700-word reflection or a 200-word thing, and they were just little vignettes. It was sort of perfect for NaNoWriMo because you could just jump in, you know, at different times in the day and do 300 words and then come back to it later. So it didn't it didn't create, you know, like it was definitely a lot less um, headspace and, uh, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd love to write something like that again. In fact, why do I? Why would I write fiction from now on? Um, <laughs> fiction turns you in knots and inside out, and you're worried. There's the characters, and there's the arcs, and there's the plot, and the stakes, and the want, and the conflict, and all that sort of stuff. Whereas this was sort of just a, a flow, um, and it felt, felt quite natural and happy. So, if I want to be a happy human, I think I might try to work out another um, nano non fico nano fico <laughs> for next year. We'll yeah, just but, create our own. <laughs> if you want my kids to be happy humans, please keep writing fiction. <laughs> okay. Yes. So what, what <laughs> I'm hearing funny. is that every single person here is just going to not do <laughs> NaNoWriMo. <laughs> They're just going to come <laughs> up with their own sort of well, version know. of it. Are we, are we thinking about writing one novel in a month or is it about the word count? I mean, I know you're a rule well, follower, it's, Adrian. It's called National Novel writing month what if we change right. to national novels national yeah, but, novels yeah. well yeah well month. what what if we you know all grew horns and called ourselves cows <laughs> i mean i was hoping you'd say unicorn but whatever <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's just not reality daddy all right adrian i if you don't want me to break the rules i no. will probably still break them <laughs> i tell you what <laughs> i'm happy for it whatever whatever as long as you get to 50 you can all spread right. it out amongst whatever okay let's do that yeah, you can play that clip back to me next year. <laughs> can I just can I just make an announcement that my um, <gasps> podcast guest, who has been feverishly, you know, running all over Tokyo to try to find a nice shrine with Wi-Fi and things. Oh, I think I know uh, who it is. It's there in Tokyo. I think it's quite fitting, you know, based on the fact that we all failed to get fifty thousand. Don't you think it's fitting that a guest we shouldn't have a guest in the last episode, even though we were trying oh, wow. to see yes. if they could come? And then, yeah. unfortunately, I, we had to disappoint uh, listeners. I think yeah. you're trying to give yourself a get out of jail free card, but yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody, my guest who has been racing all over Tokyo and uh, trying to find a nice, quiet shrine with Wi-Fi. Hasn't been able to do that. Has managed to get to a busy airport, it looks like. And um, we have extraordinarily prolific and, uh, you know, much-loved Australian author Isabel Carmody as our nano guest. Thank Yay. you for having me. Arigato. <laughs>
Subarashi. It's so awesome to have you here all the way from Japan. Thank you so much for coming to join us and sharing your wisdom. It's a, it's a great thing to do on my last day in Japan. I've been here for a month. A month. And are you are you over there sort of researching a new book or have you been writing on the road? Really, I, 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 I was here to sort of see whether Billy and Juluti would like it here, which sounds like a really roundabout way. Mostly when translations happen, they happen, you know, with you with publishers making the deals or possibly a translator finds the book and likes it and wants to translate it. And it's not much to do with what you feel or what anybody feels, but it's a nice way to happen because the translator has a feeling that that would work there, which is not always how things get translated. If it's translated by the fact of a publisher selling it to another publisher, it's just money people selling it to one another, many of whom who do not read, I hate to say it. Um, they're good at the money stuff, but they don't read. So they don't have any sense. And I just felt like it seemed a bit rude to want to send Billy and Jluti to a country where I didn't even know if they would like them. So I had this notion that I would visit, that I would meet some um, publishers uh, in, in uh, Bologna, and I got a little grant to do that. And I did arrange meetings on the spot, thanks to Tony Flowers, who basically has a lot more front than I do. And he and three words of language, he managed to get us meetings with everybody. Wow. And I saw him doing the kind of like the traditional kind of talk about, you know, they ask what kind of sales figures. I have no idea what my sales figures are. And they ask me, they ask you things like, who are you aimed at, like a gun? And I always have to say, well, I don't really write like that. And so I said, but let me tell you the story a little bit. And I found that when I was doing that, their faces changed. They went from being sort of hard-boiled money people to children listening to a story. And I can't sell, but I can tell a story. So I realized, wait a sec, I'm playing to my strength here. Mm -hmm. So I didn't try to close a deal because I actually don't even know how I would do that anyway. I just felt like I think this might work. So I then used the rest of that little grant, travel grant to buy a ticket to uh, um, Japan. And I bought a, a, a ticket for a month just off the top of my head thinking, I'll get one you can change the dates on. But I bought it through a dodgy sort of intermediary. And I realized I couldn't change the ticket without literally paying for it all over again. So I thought, well, I guess I'm going for a month. Wow. So, and I realized I was here for a month. And then the embassy somehow had heard I was coming and wrote to me and said, would you like us to organize an event? And I said, sure yeah that would be great thinking who's gonna come I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not published there although I did have a little manga book come out years ago literally of Obernewton years and years ago funny little book so they offered to run a thing and Kanagawa University asked me to come and give a talk so that was towards the end of the trip so I thought well I guess I'll try and find somewhere to write so I thought I came into Tokyo, which is bewildering, especially when it's the first time you've been here, you don't have a word of the language. And I thought, I can't cope with Tokyo. I have to go as far from Tokyo as possible. I'll go to the top of Japan. I'll go to the furthest point to the north that I can. And that was Wakanai. And I traveled there and I liked it. I, I, I was hours on trains and I loved train travel. You could see. My brother said, why don't you fly? It'll be more efficient. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm a writer. What am I going to do on 12 hours of a train journey? I'm going to sit and stare out at this amazing country and, and write and watch the world around me. So I just fell in love with traveling. So I, I started to travel and I realized that I actually wasn't going to stop. It's going to sound funny to say I don't really like travel. I never set out in my life. I didn't have a desire to travel. And someone said to me the other day, you've traveled more than any other human being I know. <laughs> I think that's true, but... It's not that I like to travel, but I like to go back to places I've been before. And in order to return, you actually have to go somewhere for the first time. So I so I realized, all right, I'll, I'll have a look and decide where to go to. That's my usual way of looking at a country. <laughs> but I loved Japan so much that I couldn't choose. It was a completely pointless trip. I couldn't narrow it down to a single place. I wouldn't even Tokyo. Once I started yeah. to figure out how to operate everything, it's very, very efficient country. It's very peaceful. I've never felt safer in my whole life traveling as a lone woman anywhere in the world. This is the safest place I've ever been. I mean, there must be a price. There is a price for that kind of restraint. You know, there's little volcanoes inside people, which you can see the magma bubbling sometimes. But yeah. for a traveler, 
It's so nice to travel. Trains are quiet. Nobody yells and on phones. Do you have you found that um in this month of travel and being on trains and things, how have you found your productivity? Do you feel like you've you've written you know more than you would usually write, or a lot less because you've had so much travel to do, or you haven't well, really cared how much you've written? It's a or? really good question because I started out by having like a thousand plans. I always have a thousand plans. I always know I'm never going to do half of them, but I have all these plans. I just don't know what's going to elbow its way to the front. So I had this plan of a couple of things I wanted to do. And I did a little, but then I quickly realized that intake, I was in intake mode, not output mode. And there was Mm. so much coming in. And I just thought, how can I squander this incredible experience gaining material to try and work on something that doesn't necessarily even belong here. Yeah, anyway, yeah. You know, I was years ago I was staying at the Keysing studio in Paris and I was so excited to be in Paris. And an old guy said to me on my third day when I was looking at his paintings or drawings, he said to me, don't write about Paris. And I was champing at the bit at 25 to write about Paris. And he said, I said, why? And he said, because if you write now, it will be name dropping, only name dropping. You don't know Paris. Well, you don't know Paris until it goes down inside you and comes up saturated with your life. And I never forgot that. And yeah, I think wow. it's true. I think in order to write truthfully and deeply and profoundly about a place, it's got to be a conversation between you and that place. Like, you know, you you went to Prague and you were there and you, you were working on something that wasn't located there, weren't you, Tristan, at that time? Yeah, yeah. I think I was writing something that was set, set two, in Sydney. In Sydney. It, was, it was the fall. Oh, I just finished Two Wolves or I was, I was at the end of editing Two the Wolves it, and I, I was think, writing yeah. a book called The Fall as well. And, yeah. and you, and was, Isabel, you were like so generous to um, <sighs> me and my family when we went there and showed us around. Right. And I feel like that's one of my favourite travel experiences of all time is being in yeah, It was so and, lovely having you there. And you being such a, you know, I, I have um, actor friends uh, who remind me of you in that they're, they're super spontaneous, they're really fun to be around, and they're proper artists. Like I would say there are a lot of people who are very productive as authors say yes. or as, you know, but you are a true artist in that you are, I think you follow your heart and you follow your gut um, and you think you're not so perhaps ruled by your head um, telling you you what to do all the time, or or is that is that just my outside perspective? No, you're you're very right, and in fact, I have to say whether it's true or not, you can cut it if it's not. It, it seems to me that over the time that I've known you, you're a very strategic, smart guy, and you know how to work systems. And I've seen you go from that strategic guy to to true artistry in that you're driven by wanting to write well and I see that maybe you were always that guy maybe I didn't know you well enough but when I see you talk about writing now that's what I see in you now and people do make that journey they make that journey they start out thinking I'm going to write and it's a business and I'm going to be really and they think that's being productive and in a way it is it really is that's that's a huge part of it these days but I think the being driven by your art means you don't always make reasonable or wise choices and that <laughs> the art starts to drive you and you're you're actually giving your life to it to some extent and it isn't always wise or sensible you don't make strategic good choices sometimes but I think that's what it is so it's not always a great thing before I came away Kim Wilkins as you know she was my supervisor for my for my PhD and she said to, she asked me I was a bit disconsolate. I was having sort of relationship stuff and I was a bit disconsolate just before I came away. And uh, she rang me and she said, would you like to come on a, on a tour of a cemetery? And I thought, yeah, that'll be just the thing. So I said, yes. And I went and it turned out to be this weird tour of a cemetery, really a bad tour. It was just so bad. It sounds terrible, but the, the guy running it was had a terrible stutter. Now that in itself isn't a problem. It might be a great way to kind of overcome your fears, but he was boring, like unbelievably boring. And and so was, you know, it was all, and, and they would take us to a grave and we would stop by this grave and then he would deliver a little lecture really badly, just suddenly start. He had no sense of story arc. It was infuriating as a storyteller, as an oral storyteller. I could have taken over and done it a million times better without any knowledge of what he was on about. He was suddenly, he'd stop by a grave and randomly start talking about a ghost story in London. 
And I'd think, why are we standing by this grave? And so this whole weird disconnected tour was just infuriating to me. And I, I wandered off because I literally couldn't stand it. And then I would be scolded by this guy. He would say, come back over here. So I would come back. And finally, Kim's daughter, Astrid, said to said to her mother, she doesn't listen to what he's saying. You, you're not listening to the guy. And I said, I really can't stand it. I said, it's just, she said, a man who could be less it's it's boring and i said i know it's it's why is he telling us these totally disconnected there must be stories associated with this place that would have been interesting to hear and so like so and her mum kim said well isabel follows the goose and i said what and she said haven't you ever seen that famous new yorker cartoon of it's a famous one called lady well, I think she's lady, no kids. And she's a woman with no pants. Like she has knickers, but no trousers. And she has a, she wears a weird hat and a top and she has a, a, a cane. And she's saying to this very upright looking married couple in this cartoon, I'm just, okay, so I'll see you later. I'm just going to follow this goose who happens to be standing there and see where it leads me. And she said, Isabel follows the goose when she's traveling. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I write like that too. I follow the goose as a writer as well. Like, and I, I started to write this braided kind of essay about what it's like to travel this way and what it's like to write this way, which means it takes longer. You get lost. You can end up in the middle of a field with a dog trying to eat you. But it can also be, you know, you, you came, you come. I found such incredible things because... I had two hours for a train and I thought, oh, I wonder where that train goes. So I parked my luggage. Once I forgot what station I had put my luggage at, I had to go from station to station to try and find my luggage. Oh. So, so there were many, you know, moments. So, I, so, sorry, so how do you re- how do you relate to that? Like this this month we've been trying to write fifty thousand words in a month for NaNoWriMo. And you know, we had we've had varying degrees of success. Like Adrian got to ten thousand words. Um, Christy got to 23,000, I think, wasn't it? That's more than double, more than double, Adrian. Yeah. And <laughs> then I think um, I think Danny V got to 36,000 words. I got to 42,000 words. None of us made this 50,000-word thing. And to tell you the truth, look, I think we were, we were sort of following our own geese during months. <laughs> we were sort of accepting, I think we, um, in previous years when we've done it, we've been so adamant, we've got to get to 50,000. Um, but actually this year we were sort of decided that it's okay to be kind to yourself. It's okay if stuff happens in your life. Christy had a really big thing happen this week in her life and to give yourself over to that in your life. And yes, you want to still show up at the desk and yes, you want to keep moving forward on a story, but I guess to, to let life into the process as mm. well, because the yeah. worst thing I think is, is that you get stuck on a, a thousand words a day or 2000 words a day or whatever it is, but it's, there's no life in it. You know, there's yeah. no humanity in no. it. And that that porousness, I'm really, you know, being a porous writer means that you do let life in. And if you're really focusing only on the numbers, I think you're not allowing yourself time to let life get in, that time to dream. I mean, after all, we work only partly consciously. Half of those words you've written, more than half, probably come from the subconscious processes that are also hopefully happening, you know, when you're writing. So it's like when you go to bed feeling you haven't got very far and you wake up the next morning and you've you've jumped ahead in the story and you, you have it formulated. So I think allowing space, I, I think these NaNoWriMo is great and I every year I want to do it and I'm never somewhere where it can happen, but I will one day. And I know I'll be forgiving myself because that's what you do when you follow the goose you don't get mad at yourself and you because you know then you start thinking of now I'm stopped therefore it's a block it's not a block it means you need time to think it means now it's not output time now is thinking time maybe it's a time to go for a walk maybe it's time to you know do your stupid tax or something horrible because writing's going to look good after that yeah (laughs) do those things you have to do when 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 you when you need to stop and wait for me, yeah. it means waiting eight years sometimes before the thing comes to me. So probably better not to do that. <laughs> but, but, but being kind to yourself, yeah. and But also being kind to your story. You know, letting it have space to breathe is really important. And all of those numbers, 10,000, some days getting a 1,000 words out is so hard, so hard. And other days, 5,000 words and you don't want to stop. You'll all have had that experience of the burn when you just don't want to stop. And then other days when you just, you write 10 words and they're all shit. 
you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting right now to hear about my latest book because I sent it off. I told my editor I was going to send it the, the week before I flew and literally four minutes when they were calling my name on the plane to get on, I, I, I pressed send because I was fiddling. It's one editor once accidentally sent me a, an email that was meant for another editor basically saying we've got to get this we're not going to get this book out of Isabel's unless they're her cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep changing it and changing it and changing it and changing because it. you can always make it better. Yeah. But, you know, if you keep doing that, eventually the thing you're writing begins to metamorphose into the next thing you would have written yeah. if yeah. you had a stopped. So stopping is also really important as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a good tip. And, look, I know... Christy, you've been quite important in Christy's reading life and I'd imagine her writing life too. Is this is this true, Christy? Absolutely. And um, my sister too, H.M. War, uh, she has every single book and it's just as well um, now she'll understand why there were such large gaps between books because uh, she's taken your name in vain many times. <laughs> There's a website out there called Hurry Up, Isabel Carmen, yeah. where she can go and abuse them along with all the other people there. But sometimes you can't hurry it. Sometimes if you, you like you say, you've got to fill that bucket. You've got. To, I'm doing a lot of DIY at the moment because it has to be done and that's a zero brain thing. I can just percolate and be subconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I do a lot of boring when I'm thinking sometimes too. So, you know, cross-hatching is great for thinking. I do that when I'm on the phone. I fill up entire pages of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's just a creative outlet without forcing yourself to do a certain number of words and a certain time. And um, so I think it's that balancing act between you've got to show up, you've got to be committed to your art, but also you've got to be able to follow the goose and trust yourself to, yeah. you but know, I think to find your way. Allegiance that has to be to the piece of writing you're doing, not to your career, but to the story you're writing. That is what you owe your allegiance to. No numbers not to anyone else, not to your readers, that story has your allegiance. And I think that's that's what you owe. And, you know, mm. if you come into it thinking I'm writing a children's book and your story doesn't want to go there, yeah. that's where you go. You don't try and force your story into the mould. Yeah. You, like putting the genre first or deciding even the age group sometimes first. Usually, I mean, it depends on how you write, I guess. For me, it's driven by questions and I don't know where those questions are going to take me. So you know, which direction and which age and which kind of character. But, you know, your books will all be written and stories written with different, you know, drivers perhaps. Mm. I love that of being just, um, yeah. loyal to the story and of, like, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't, like, none of that matters. What matters is this story, this project, and yeah. finding a new way for that particular project. I it's love really that. good you put it in this way because I think, you know, people sometimes, when I'm freaking out over sending a new book off or having hysterics people will always say to me you know but you've done it a thousand times I said yeah but I didn't write that book that's another <laughs> book those are other books they had different problems different difficulties every book is its own thing and wants different tools and sometimes you have to make them wants you to be different and you're different you know you're not the girl who wrote Oba Newton she was a kid braver than you probably and madder than you you know or maybe that's <laughs> I don't know so, you know, but you're right, the thing that you're working on now is the only thing, not your body of work either. Yeah. Look, can I just say that this has been such a fitting end to our month-long journey of discovery, and I feel like we've sort of found out things about well-being, we've found out things about ourselves, and I feel like you are the perfect kind of mentor and Yoda figure to sort of um to sort of not not that you're not that you're elderly in the way Yoda I am is. Little and of... elderly, I think. <laughs> no, you, I think I think you're an extraordinary I hope that you that your version of kind of Stephen King's on writing or, you know, yeah. um the artist's way or something like that. I think that would be an extraordinary resource for all kinds of writers. And I feel like we're really lucky to have had you on this final episode and to give that wisdom <laughs> about you know heartfelt writing and gut writing and following the story following the goose i think that's yeah. just the greatest yes. image for, yeah, for yeah. all of us to take away. we've come to the end of november we're going to open that gate at the yeah, end of november and just go out goosing <laughs> just yeah. just goose out i'm, I'm there um, for it i'm ready good luck to you all good luck to you all on your journeys because every story is a journey isn't it and and tristan sure. i'll see you uh when i'm back i hopefully a little bit later in the year i'll be down there so yeah down that would be good 
Yeah, I'd love yep. to catch up. Yeah, yep. that would be awesome. Okay, thanks so much. For, thank you for so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's inspiring. Busy station with me. <laughs> okay. All right. See you, oh Isabel. Uh, well, okay, look, it, well, it has it has been fun. It's always been interesting. We always learn something, even if the results aren't quite where I'd like them to be. And I know everyone else is. Is, uh, is very pleased with what they did, but I'm not pleased with what I did. But yes, I've still learned a lot of stuff, right? So I think it's still worth doing. And hopefully everyone that's done it with us has learned a few things from all our amazing guests. We should thank them all, shouldn't we, Danny? Absolutely. We so thank you everyone who's been on the journey, who's listened, who's messaged, who's commented. It's really cool to know that people are on this journey with us. And a real soppy shout out to the to you three. I just love hanging out with you three and talking this. I, I've learned so much. I was with you all before I was even a published author and you were always so encouraging and told me I could do it even though I didn't believe you. But thank you. Like it means a, a huge amount. So to hang out with you a couple of times a month is it's fun. It's fun. It's part of my fun meter. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's a highlight of the week. And as Danny said, it's been the most fun NaNoWriMo of all, um, for, for me anyway, the third time I've done it. And uh, once again, didn't get to 50,000, but I've actually enjoyed myself. So, yeah, thank you. Awesome. All right, thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, hopefully you had fun and you learned a few things, especially for me, because a lot of people call me this. He's a best-selling children's author and illustrator. So I'm sure I passed on a lot of interesting stuff across wow. the journey. Wow, <laughs> wow. All I have to say is wow. Uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank See you. See Danny. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Nano Game. This is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. If you're on The Nano Journey with us, we hope you're smashing out the words. See you next time on The Nano Game. Top children's author. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs>